another episode of Accidental Apprentice, Odd Jobs Explored, with your host, Adam Melton. This week I'm joined by John Callagher, the creative mind behind Job Talks, the YouTube series, and the author of the report, Trading Up, Why the Future of Canadian Employment Must Be Skilled. I can't begin to articulate how awesome this experience was. It is to date the longest episode, so please settle in and buckle up. We go everywhere on this conversation. Yes, we head down the skilled trade conversation, people being happy and fulfilled in their their jobs. We talk about promoting of skilled trade pathways. We talk about what's working, what isn't working, why, and we put together some advice on maybe things that could work. John takes us into some theories on the future of where he thinks skilled trades and the community of skilled trades could go and the implications of that. Honestly, from his desire to be an actor when he was five to his career into being a doctor of sociology to being one of the biggest advocates of skilled trades, he has no bounds. And I am just thoroughly thankful that he sat down with me and we went through this journey and this conversation for this episode for all of you. I will be having uh, Dr. Callagher on again, absolutely. And I have a feeling we'll be partnering up on all kinds of endeavors together because quite frankly, I have not met an advocate outside of the skilled trade world. And I can even argue whether I've met an advocate in the skilled trade world. This devout and this orientated to have the right and lengthy and wholesome conversation necessary just to help open eyes and minds into the opportunities that lay before the next generation of worker. So I won't take any longer. Like I said, buckle up, listen to this in multiple parts if you need to. Hopefully you're going to listen to it more than once because there is tons of valuable content and information in here that just is going to make you stop and say, hmm. All right. On with the show. Yeah, very cool. Uh, I see. I see. <laughs> He's like, I'm not doing that. I said, yeah. all right, well, that would have been a good idea. But yeah. we we'll actually have a partnership with YouTube. It's what? one of the few schools, I think, probably the oh, only yeah. school in Canada. It's right there. It's on Richmond, I think. Um, I should look into that. Yeah, like you, you, sh- can, you should totally look you, into you that. Can, it, I think it's more aimed at, st- I think you have to have at least 10,000 views or something. And if you have that, you can kind of use their space. And it's a full studio. 10,000 views. You know how many views that? 10,000 subscribers. Yeah, that's or something ins- like that. I feel like that's insane. Yeah. I, I feel like 10,000 is a lot, don't you? Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> okay. I agree. Especially I wait, wait for you to say, no, that's easy. No, no, we got to <laughs> earn it, man. No, it's not easy. So, Well, that's like job talks, right? Yeah. Like you got job talks up and going. And does that? that's a YouTube channel. Yep. And so that's been around for how long now? Um, I think we launched it uh, just in the late fall of 2017. So... Yeah, about just maybe six to eight months, put now, it that way. When you say launch it, so was it completely wrapped up? So all your, so anyone that's listening, um, Job Talks is a web series that is has a YouTube channel. Correct me anywhere that I'm wrong. And I should know better because I'm in one of the videos. Um, it, but it is a YouTube series. Uh, done as Job Talks. You just literally go to YouTube, hit the search button, type in Job Talks, and then instantly subscribe and hit notifications because that's what you do. <laughs> uh, and you had any look at the series and there you profiled well who did you profile well how did you pick 
Right. Well, we, we started our profiles by going to the Skills Ontario uh, competition. Always skills. Yeah, and it was the year that they um, moved to the World Congress Centre in Toronto because it was getting so big. Uh, I think that was last year. Yeah, I think was, think that was, was last year's year. year. Yep. They just had their second year. And we had the we worked with a guy there um, named Scott uh, Verhovey, who's director of programming and really was instrumental in lining people up and getting a room for us and helping us get invitations out to, to folks who would be on the floor or competing in competitions and uh, participating in meetings, yourself included. So we had the opportunity to sort of create a, a room and set up a camera and uh, conduct interviews with passionate people uh, who love their jobs in a variety of the trades from uh, insulators like yourself to iron workers, uh, you know, air, air conditioning and, uh, sorry, air conditioning and repair technicians. Did I get that right? Yeah, that, there was them. Uh, agricultural service techs. Yeah, you you uh, touched automotive painters. I was going to say plumbers. you went into all the sectors. We did as many as we could. We did yeah. I think a few dozen there, and we still have some waiting uh, to be published because we need to get the B roll. We decided early on. I decided early on that I wanted to keep it focused on just the passion of the individual because I used to see videos, and I, they, they still are today, and and they're great videos, but. Many videos are, that are job-related tend to focus on, on taking the individual, following the individual through a day in the life, you know. So, for example, a bus driver getting on the bus and driving and picking up people and, and, and maybe the maintenance that uh, he or she does on the bus or, you know, a physician following a physician around. And I was more, and I think those videos are useful but I wanted to create one that focused more on the individual and got up close, uh, you know, so we have close-ups on their face and sort of mid-shots to really just capture the passion. The, the goal of Job Talks was to get people interested in jobs that they had never considered before or, or even heard of uh, and get them curious because they watch someone talk about it uh, in three to three and a half minutes in, in a way that makes them go, wow, this person loves their job. And you don't even know what that job is. Like you, you don't really see that person in the workforce because the, em the emphasis is on them talking about their work-life balance or their experience with working with great coworkers. Uh, and it's, it's the job title becomes less important than hearing about someone who is really satisfied and fulfilled uh, at their place of work. That, that's huge because I agree with you on that so much that we see videos, we see the, the day in the life piece, which is starting to make a bit of a trend again, unfortunately. And it, it's not, it's not inspirational because, right. because, you know, right away, I think that when I look at the new generation of worker, they, they call BS on a lot of stuff really quickly and they, you know, okay, that's great. That's one day. So what's the other 364 days look like? Right. Right. So let's look at the bigger conversation. And I think the, the worker or the, the new worker that's coming um, is much smarter than they've ever been. So they're, they're looking at the things and they're watching their parents and family members and influencers around them. And they're looking at more along the ways of to be happy, not necessarily just get a paycheck. 
Right. I worry there's a sense of entitlement that they're just going to know they at some point they're going to get a paycheck because everyone keeps telling them that everyone's old and isn't going to be there tomorrow. So they're going to have lots of opportunities for jobs. Mm-hmm. So I think they're taking into account that they're just going to get a job anyways. But now it's how do they find a job that makes them happy? That's it. Is that something like, I mean, you yeah. deal with uh, college students. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, is that a trend or that, or is that just an observation or is that just an outsider trying to fill in some holes? No, I think you're, I think you're very right. And we have the, luckily we have the data now to show it. So uh, millennials or call it, you know, the younger generation are much less likely than uh, other generations uh, to be interested in acquiring property and things. They're more interested in uh, experiences, in self-actualization, uh, in meaning. Mm. And, and through our research, we know that a sense of happiness or fulfillment is very closely connected with uh, meaning and being able to explain what your place is in the world. And what's great about this study that, that we released is that we have data to show that tradespeople in their jobs, compared to most other uh, areas of work, are among the most fulfilled workers in Canada because not only can they explain how their work contributes to society, which is a big differentiator, they can, they can say that they and they articulate it very well, that they help power homes or that they build hospitals or that they help people maintain their most expensive uh, purchase or their second most expensive purchase. I'm thinking houses and cars, uh, that they help keep a society healthy and well-fed. Um, you know, it's a lot harder for others in other sectors to answer that question. Or even if you're studying, Um, you know, not to knock the humanities and social sciences. I have three sociology degrees, so uh, I can, but I, but I too, at some point you wonder what can I do with this credential? Uh, So that's why I've really been encouraging uh, those in, uh, in, in academia, uh, both at the faculty level, but also students to sort of ask yourself, you know, what is what I'm studying right now? Uh, and, and and how do I put it into words to explain the contribution that I will eventually make to society with the three to four years that I'm investing in studying this? And it's not to for someone to look at their, let's say, humanities degree and get, and and feel sort of deflated because they don't know what a you know how a history degree or a philosophy degree will help society. It's to it's to help them form an, an appreciation for uh, those whose credentials and and work are contributing to society. And I think that's that's a good way to start. We need to have everyone sort of asking themselves, what am I studying and what am I going to do after this comes, you know, after I graduate? So how did you... And it seems like your own advice that you're, or your own guidance that you're offering those around you now to, to basically take their academia to a, a new level or to maybe um, help expand their impact in some cases. How did you make the decision to do that yourself? Yeah, so <laughs> I used to work in marketing research. Okay. And I like to say that 
I did a very good job of helping helping sell uh, salt, sugar, and fat to you and your family members, <laughs> which I consume much of. <laughs> and you know, it's it's packaging. You know, consumer packaged goods, uh, and oftentimes, like I said, sort of food and beverages uh, to get you know others to see value in in purchasing that particular product over over others. And while I was good at it and worked with people who love their job, there's a there's a, a sense of competition working working in sort of marketing, marketing research. There's a sense of sort of achievement when you win new business. There's a sense of sort of, you know, to an extent you can be, uh, you know, apply your creativity and you're working among people that are equally as passionate. Uh, for me, ultimately, there was something that wasn't 100% really satisfying. But I didn't realize that, Adam, until I changed jobs and became a, a professor uh, at, a, at a downtown college. And I loved it. And it, someone described it early in our, during our, call it faculty orientation, need to have roads. <laughs> obviously, yep. uh, to connect to everyone and uh, roads that are wi- wider and more s- stronger and safer, but also um, hotels for people to drive to and restaurants for people to drive up to. And it created industries uh, and thousands and thousands of jobs, including, obviously, uh, those folks who need to build those structures. Right. And we, you know, broadly speaking, tradespeople. Digital technology is is supposedly this new revolution, but Adam, it is not creating the it's not having the effect of creating jobs. It's having the effect of killing jobs, right? And moving, in some cases, in many cases, you know, brick and mortar stores to online, or well, I'm seeing it with legal. Um, legal, right. legal zoom and stuff like that. Sure. You don't need a junior cl- clerk anymore to, to do the basic stuff for you. Right. You literally can log on for uh, a minimal fee and get some basic legal things for yourself done. I learned of uh, a company of, uh, somewhere in the U S um, that's growing pretty fast that basically goes into corporate headquarters and, and identifies which jobs in that office can be outsourced to someone um, online to do sort of temporary work, but also they have people, they have people doing the outsourcing uh, through a sort of a dashboard that they created, and the AI technology learns how that job is done by the outsourcer, oh, wow. so they can eventually do that job too. The AI, so basically, they almost like promise that within like one year, you know, your you can reduce your workforce by like like high numbers, like double digit numbers, 20%. And then the second year, you know, another another 20, 20% or something like that, probably even higher than that. Wow. So now so imagine being an office worker and wondering what your options are. So bringing it back to your point that the skilled trades are have, have always been there. Um, and you know, even though many things are going online, we're still going to need structures uh, to be built and and uh, not to keep it just on construction, but people need to be fed. Yep. And and frankly, people, I don't think AI is going to cut people's hair. I, I honestly, well, I hope not. Well, not that I'll ever have that problem, but <laughs> I honestly believe when you look at the basic community pillars, they're almost all serviced by skilled trades. Right. And those community, th- those are the principles of growing 
of just people in general and, and civilization have been grown with those pillars and they really never have been they've only they've only been strengthened in foundation they've been diversified by approaches and technologies but they certainly haven't been um downsized outsourced and some right. maybe we can argue outsources in some cases but even when we start getting in the prefabrication world what tends to happen is that people have to move to a different location a single location to build the prefabricated model that just maybe they're not on site anymore right and that's where those innovations come from but yeah. they don't get replaced outright and i know someone on you know listening is probably going to say to me well adam what about the 3d printing houses well i watched that 3d printing house get done in san francisco and it seemed like there's just as many people on that job site as there would be if they're building the house anyways yeah, they, they edit those videos <laughs> don't they, they yeah edit out all the people that are around you it yeah. seemed like there's a lot of people that were there on that site for that 700 square foot house that i think actually if we were to build it with not a 3D printing machine that costs however knows who knows how much to set up. I think we might have actually, although it took longer to build the house, I think it would have been less bodies and probably less hours that were worked on it. Right. And those, you know, I've only seen those sort of, you know, little yeah. clips, but like, I mean, where does the plumbing come in? And yeah, yeah. You still got to tie it to something. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's still going to get tied in. It's at least power somehow. So, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Eventually, we'll see this change to the things built in solar panels and powers itself and what have you. But right. I saw an article today where they were taking old um, sewer and water mains, like the, the big uh, 10, 12-foot diameter um, tunnels. Yep. And they were <laughs> precasting two, three units together, putting doors and windows on the end of it. And they were a house. And oh. they were stacking them on top of each other in Japan. Oh, man. <laughs> and then I kind of looked at it, and my only comment was, how do you, how do you get to the third floor? Because if your unit was up there, how do you get to your unit? Right. And they had the doors, and there was no stairs <laughs> on the outside. I'm like, how do you get there? And then what those stairs would look like. So anyways, as things innovate and advance, there's always still um, the foundation principles, I think, with skill trades. That, that there's still the, you know, even I look at blacksmithing, you know, it, it's people think to myself and blacksmithing i'm like yeah that's still a thing and there's actually still a lot of them needed by the way um because we still mm. work with uh livestock and uh agricultural agriculture pretty heavy and although the farmers aren't uh having as much pass over to the second generations we're seeing our generation turn turn into micro farming where they right. go out and they get two or three acres and try to make a mini farm yep and now all of a sudden blacksmith is coming back into huge demand Wow, I did uh, not know that. And I, it That's was something cool. I went and dug into a little bit because I'm like, how cool is that? Yeah. And then again, we back to the media piece. Now you're seeing peop, actually uh, metal workers and stuff being featured on some television shows. Oh, right. So because it's becoming, it's, it's always been around. Yeah. And uh, again, a foundational kind of pillar piece, right? Yeah. So now you're seeing a bit more of a profile to it. A little more trendy of a profile. Um, cause I think they're like making weapons and stuff. So that's a bit weird. But it's cool. It's a skill. Um, we're not going to need it against. Right. We don't need weapons against robots. We just need <laughs> bottles of water. <laughs> that was Elon Musk. He's like, just I'm fine. I got a glass of water. That's funny. So no. Okay. Well, I mean, geez, I can keep going with you all day, but I, I should probably respect your time a little bit here. So what I want to ask you though is, what's you're wrapping up with job talks? So what's what's the end of your job talks process look like? And I'm going to ask you, what's next? Is there a next plan or what? Yeah, the, I think. The success of Job Talk as a research project has been so humbling and surprisingly supportive because of the industry itself. We There are great people in industry, in the skilled trades industry, who um, want to advocate for these jobs. And the original study was just skilled trade, a look at the trades very broadly. 
I believe there's an opportunity um, to look at, you know, what makes individual trades special and what are those things that people like, what are not just tradespeople and what do they look like and why do they love their job, but looking closer at those who work in the construction, those who work in culinary, like chefs and bakers, those who work in maybe in the piping trades and so on and, and give them a closer look. I think ultimately we probably want to, I do, I do see this value in this sort of, we talked about it already, this call it a guild, call it a community, because you're bringing up, as you just brought up, some interesting points about some, some groups doing cool media promotion of the trade. So the example of the, the welder and the, and the blacksmith, mm -hmm. but you know what, who's seeing the video? Yeah. And it's great. And I think there are many groups who have great initiatives and they're taking it upon themselves to help promote the trades uh, in, their, in their different ways. But I think, you know, the more people that see those videos, the better. In fact, that's the, ne that's the necessity. So we have to find a way to draw eyeballs of young people, parents, especially but also teachers and we didn't really touch on this guidance counselors oh yeah because i've been I, to my surprise guidance counselors are i don't know they're getting a lot of flack for not overtly promoting the trades but where's um, where's their resource i guess so i'll, I'll defend maybe them that's because it. i work closely with a lot of guidance counselors over the years now and what i found to them is they are sponges and you probably experience this a lot too. Like they're sponges. They, they would love to hear everything I could possibly tell them about my trade so they can take that and help project that back. Right. But where's their resource? That's right. Right. And, and that's it, where Job Talks is probably going to be their resource. Uh, that would be wonderful. Or to create sort of a, um, I know, I got a, it. A consortium. I got a professional development camp, Job Talks. And you set it up in the summers and we bring them in for like a week at a time and we school them on sector per sector each day. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I done. love it. So I'll take that question again and say, <laughs> yeah, I think the future of Dob Talks could be uh, this camp. Yeah, there it is. That you're talking about. But also, um, yeah, if I were to look at it sort of a, as, a, as a, that grand vision, yeah, Job Talks itself should be, t there's a TED Talk type of, you know, uh, aspect to it. Imagine going into schools or inviting parent groups and hearing from, you know, five people doing a, yeah, sure, copy the model, an 18-minute talk about why they love their job, but it's a job you probably haven't heard of before, you kind of heard of, and you don't know. If I was to walk outside today and ask 100 people what a millwright is, maybe five people will be able to tell me. If I, if I ask what a boilermaker is, 10 people would say someone who makes boilers. I'm sure someone would also say it's a drink of some kind, <laughs> right? So find those people and showcase their passion. I think that that would be a, a great thing for Job Talks, a podcast or a YouTube channel based on that Job Talks model of interviewing people who love their jobs, hosted by Adam Melnick, <laughs> <laughs> would, be, uh, would be terrific. But ultimately, though, you know, if I were to be, you know, if I were to really dream here, yeah, being that being sort of that that guild yep. where where uh, folks from any area of the trades can come together and feel like a sense of community and camaraderie, uh, regardless of whether they belong to a union or non-union, and 
and and whether they're chefs or hairdressers or uh, or plumbers and and by the way really getting people within the trades and outside saying more than what I've been doing is chefs plumbers and welders oh, yeah, for and sure. getting familiar with these other jobs uh, within the skilled trade sector well wow, man I love your vision and you know what as a, a skilled trades person myself uh, I can't tell you how fantastic it is that you know someone like you spread messaging and take your academia your brain and your creativity and to help pull out the good in uh, what we do and how we do it and help get that messaging out there I can't tell you how much I appreciate that and I'm sure I'm speaking for on behalf of a lot of folks because we've been trying to do that it clearly hasn't been well it just hasn't really worked completely the way we want it to and so I think it's great to see that we have to change our perspective of how we're doing it and I hope people recognize that that we have to change our perspective and sometimes it's just getting a little help from our friends (laughs) Well, thank you very much, Adam. I appreciate it. And, and one of the big benefits of of being on this this path, you know, no no one's path is linear. And who know who knew that suddenly find myself in this in this area of celebrating uh, skilled trades. Um, but a big benefit has been meeting folks like you and and getting your passion uh, and hearing your passion. And I'm looking forward to you know continuing to to do this. And you know, I'll come back and I'll be. A, a little more articulate next time. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, I, I can't thank you enough again, John. It's been an absolute pleasure. And you are now officially the longest episode ever of Accidental Apprentice. <laughs> oh, my goodness. If time flew by. Awesome. That's right. Well, As that, that cl- there's so your metaphors, I like cliches. Time flies when you're having fun. Oh, uh, it was a lot of fun. Thank you. There's our end, buddy. Thanks so much. All right. Well, everyone, that's another episode of Accidental Apprentice podcast. And uh, we'll catch you on the flip side. Bye.